If you're a guest, you're our honored guest, and we appreciate you being here. We hope that our worship is in spirit and truth. We hope that what we do is in accordance with God's will. What do we think of when we think of the word precious? See that picture on there? I was looking for a precious picture, and that little boy with his teddy bear looking out. You know, you see something like that, that's precious, and then I, a lot of things that Libby will do, and even Isaac will do, let me embarrass him real quick, was precious, you know, the things that our kids do are precious. And tonight I want to just for a few minutes talk about what is precious to God. In one of the classes that I take, it was in Peter actually, First and Second Peter, the instructor gave some of the ones in there that wanted extra credit. Of course, it wasn't me. That's why I said some of them, right? But he said that, try to see if you can present a lesson on what is precious to God. And there's a lot of things that are precious to God. And I may do a part two on this because there's, it really, as I was studying for it, saw a lot of things that was really uh Precious to God. And, and I got three tonight, and I want to just talk about what is precious to God. And to get us kind of started, I want to start in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses 13 through 14. And let me just say this I got a lot of scripture tonight. I got a lot of scriptures to go to, and I got them up on, <clears throat> on, for the, on the board, and I hope that they're. Right, I checked them and double-checked them, but I am human, and if I mess up, I'm going to try to not let it affect me. But I think that we're good to go. I'm not 100% on that, but I hope that we are. But I want to kind of use this, this verse to kind of get us into the understanding of what precious means to God. Uh, Moses has given the blessings in Deuteronomy 33 to all the tribes. And he goes to the tribe of Joseph and he says, Blessed of the Lord is his land, with the precious things of heaven, with the dew and the deep line beneath, with the precious fruits of the sun, with the pre precious produce of the months. And he goes on to talk a little bit more in that area about more precious things. That Hebrew word for precious, it means to be distinguished. So the precious fruit, the, 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 the precious fruits and the precious things of heavens are something that is distinguished. It's something that stands out. It's the same Hebrew word for excellence. So whenever this word is used in the Old Testament, it is meant for uh, something to be excellent or to be uh, something that stands out. Uh, the Greek word now is just a little bit different, but it gives you a little bit more information. It means to be held in honor. Something to be prized. Just think about those definitions of this word. It's something that is to be held in honor. It's something that is to be valued dear in reputation. So tonight I've got three things that are precious to God. And I want 
us to, we'll be in Peter, first and second Peter, but the first thing is our faith is precious. Turn with me to second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one and verse one is where we'll start. Second Peter chapter one, verse one. Peter says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God, our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter writes this letter to some brethren and what he says is that they have obtained a like precious faith. A like precious faith. Our faith is valuable. Why is it valuable? I want to talk about it for just a few minutes. Why is our faith that we've obtained valuable and precious to God? Well, Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We have got to have faith. What is our faith? Our faith is in the Lord. Our faith is understanding what He's told us to do and what He wants us to do. And it all starts with obedience to the gospel, doesn't it? It all starts by hearing God's Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. So by hearing God's word, we understand that we've got to have faith. And without this faith, it's impossible to please Him. And that faith that we obtain is precious to God. It's precious to Him. Ephesians 2.8 says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Brethren, we've all been saved by grace, haven't we? And this verse gets used, uh, verse 9 says, Not by works, lest any man should boast. Uh, And it gets used a lot uh, to dispute whether baptism is necessary for salvation. But I don't really want to go there right now. I want us to focus on what it says. It says, For by grace we have been saved through our faith. God has given us all the ability to understand that it is only by His grace and by His mercy that we have the ability to be saved and be found right with Him. I just read in the, uh, in the singing earlier, and the boys did a great job with that, that we've been justified through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and because of that we have peace with Him. See, that's why the Lord thinks this is so precious. This is why He thinks it's such a big deal because when we understand what He's done for us and we hold on to it and we believe it, then it brings peace between us and God. Amen? For by grace you've been saved through your faith and not of yourself. It's the gift of God. He's given us the ability to read it and see it and because of that, as we read it, it changes who we are. Now I want you to think about this. Why is our faith precious? Look at what Paul says. My, 
love this verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Why is our faith so precious? Because when we understand that God has given this salvation to us, He's given us the ability to be saved, we really get our sins forgiven. That's the power. That's the power of our faith. Be encouraged to have faith. Be encouraged to have that thought that, you know what, I don't know the answer necessarily, but I'm going to believe that God is going to be there for me, right? We talked about it this morning. We're going to trust God. We're going to trust Jesus. We're going to trust what He says and what He promises. We're going to trust that He is doing things for us when we may not even realize it. We're going to trust those things. But Paul says that salvation is the power of God. Our like precious faith, as Peter calls it, is the same faith, the same belief that every Christian has obeyed. You know there's only one way to become a Christian, right? There's one faith, there's one Lord. Ephesians 4, 4, and I'm not saying it in the right order, but there's one Spirit, there's one baptism. One, 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 one. And when you've obtained it, I'm going to tell you, when I obtained it myself, when I realized what I was doing wasn't right and I obeyed from the heart the right way, when I understood the truth for what it was, what the Bible said, it changed who I was. And that's precious to the Lord because it changes people's lives. You know, you think about your kid as the illustration I said earlier. You think about how precious those moments are you remember what the Bible says when, when one person comes to repentance? What happens in heaven? Is it a big deal? Oh, it's a celebration, isn't it? There is rejoicing in heaven over one that repents. It's a big deal. It's precious. It's a moment that's captured in God's mind, right? We remember those moments. We remember those times that our kids did those things. And you go back and you look at, I got a picture of Isaac and he doesn't like it at all. But it's precious to me, right? And every time I show it, he gets embarrassed or whatever. And Carrie took a picture yesterday of Libby and she was eating something and she had her legs crossed. Just as sweet as could be. Just a precious... Yeah, she knows what I'm talking about. It was a precious moment, right? When we obeyed the gospel, when we became children of God, it was a special moment. It was precious to God. Why is our faith so precious? Because when we believe in what He says and we're saved... That precious faith has value. It's held in honor. It's valued in dear reputation. Everybody in the world may make fun of it. Everybody in the world may say, what in the world are you doing, man? But to God, it's precious. Because He understands what's going to happen as you continue to follow what He says. Isn't that beautiful, brethren? Isn't that 
I mean, I just can't get enough of that. To think, and, and precious sounds like a wimpy word for guys, right? I mean, I'm not going to say wimpy, t- I'm not going to say precious to you because I'm going to feel wimpy saying it, right? I probably said it more than I've said it in years, and especially talking about Isaac, right? I'm not going to say precious about Isaac because he's a tough guy. But I would say it about Libby, but really God has such a good heart. He loves us and he cares about us. And our faith is precious to him. He wants it to grow and he wants it to flourish. Which brings us to the second thing. He not only thinks that our faith is precious, and this one's hard. He thinks that our trying faith is precious. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. The trying of our faith is precious. I'm going to start in verse 6. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 3. I'm going to bring us all the way into it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The trying of our faith, the testing of our faith, is precious in God's eyes. Now that doesn't make any sense, does it? The trying or the testing of my faith is precious to God. Deuteronomy 8.2. Follow this with me, brethren. It says, You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Remember, they didn't want to go on the promised land because they doubted. They didn't think that they could capture it because they were like grasshoppers compared to these guys. All but two said, We can't do it. There's no way we can capture this land. And because of that, the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And look at what God says. He says, You shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Why did He do that? To humble you and to test you. To know what was in your heart. Whether you would keep His commandments or not. The Lord had them in the wilderness for 40 years to see where their heart was. Boy, that heart is a big deal, ain't it? He doesn't just look at that outward appearance that may be clean and fresh and look nice. No, He looks into the heart to see how clean it is. Just like Jesus says, you're whitewashed tombs, right? You're real clean on the outside, but you're full of dead man's bones. 
Look at what Psalms 11.5 says. The Lord tests the righteous. But the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. The Lord tests the righteous. You want to know how we pass the test? Study, right? If you study for the test, you're going to pass it, aren't you? I mean, I'm, ter- I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at giving that example because I don't really remember one time that I studied for a test, and that's pitiful. But for the test of life, I'm going to study because 1 Peter 1.3 tells us that we have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. 2 Peter 1.3, right? But the Lord tests the righteous. But the wicked and the one who loves violence, he hates. Now look at this. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness. His countenance beholds the upright. He's not just testing you so you can fail the test. He wants you to be like him. He loves righteousness. He is righteous. And he beholds the upright. The, his countenance beholds the upright. Verse, uh, Psalm 34 verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Here you are involved in a test. Here you are involved in some type of situation and you don't really know what to do. But when you're uh, looking to God's Word for guidance, look at this comforting thing to know. That God's ears are open to their cry. God hears your prayer. God knows what you're going through. And He wants you to do the right thing. But when we don't do the right thing according to God's Word... Hebrews 12, 6 says, For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, doesn't He? You ever read a scripture and you're like, Oh, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be a part of this. It's the perfect example of how we discipline our kids. We tell them what to do. We tell them the right thing to do. And when they don't do it, here's the consequences that are going to happen. Just like in life, if you cheat on your husband or your wife, there's going to be some fallout. If I go to my neighbor and I steal all their stuff, there's going to be a fallout. If I go and and not pay my taxes, there's going to be a fallout, right? If I'm gossiping about everybody and then I stand in the pulpit and I try to act a different way, there's going to be a fallout, right? I probably won't be up here very long. Why does God think that the trying of our faith is precious? Because it trains us to do what we're supposed to be doing. It helps us in the toughest spots. It helps us when we don't really know what to do. We may be struggling to find out what to do. We look to Him for the guidance. We look to Him for the way to go. 
I love Psalm 119.71 because look at what it says. It is good for me that I've been afflicted. <laughs> it's good for me that I'm afflicted. Really? It's good that you've been afflicted? Yeah, that I may learn your statutes. It's good that I get in trouble sometimes. It's good that a brethren may come up to me and say, Look, man, I love you, but your attitude's pretty terrible, and you know it. How am I going to react to that? Well, dude, don't ever come to me talking to me like that. I mean, I wish you would have never said nothing to me. Because I, I need to tell you some stuff about you, right? And then here we are into a fight. When the whole time you really have been talking in such a way that's super disrespectful to people. Or however the whatever the situation is. He says it was good for me that I've been afflicted. You remember David got busted in his sin? And what did he do? I've sinned. He admitted it. He didn't make an excuse. He said, I did it. I sinned. And therefore, I'm going to learn from it. Now, I'm going to have to go through this situation because I've, I've made my life this mess, and now I'm going to have to work myself out of it. Why is the trying of our faith so precious to God? Because He's trying to keep us from doing it. He's trying to keep us out of it. When I know His Word, and I know that I'm doing wrong, it makes me better. Why is the trying of our faith so precious? You remember James chapter 1, verses 2 and 4? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces patience. And catch it, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Why does he think that this trying of our faith is so precious? Because of that last part. Because when you let patience have its perfect work, and you continue to work through these problems, and you continue to persevere, and you start gaining momentum, and you start being able to handle these situations, you're becoming perfect, not sinless. You're becoming mature, and you're becoming complete. You're getting to the point where you're lacking nothing. Whatever you bring on me, I'm ready to attack it because I am prepared for the test. Right? Consider it all joy. Count it all joy when you face various trials. The Lord thinks that the trying of our faith is precious. What else? Being a child of God. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. That's... 1 Peter chapter 2, sorry, see, I told y'all. 1 Peter chapter 2. And I'm going to start in verse 1. The Bible says, 
Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil, all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to Him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And I want to read verse 6. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Lamentations chapter 4 verse 2 says this, The precious sons of Zion, the Hebrews, the Jews, the Israelites in the Old Testament, look at what it says about them. They were valuable as fine gold. If you had a big bag of gold in your hand or in your pocket or in a bag over here, wouldn't you take care of that bag? Would you make sure that it was around you where you knew where it was at at all times because it had some value to it, right? You know, all them gold dollars just filled up in a bag. I mean, I'd be taking care of it, wouldn't y'all? Because it had value. God is saying that the Israelites, the Jews, His people were as valuable as fine gold. Deuteronomy 32.10 says, He found him in a desert land and in the wasteland and howling wilderness. He encircled him. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. That's precious, isn't it? The apple of your eye? What's the apple of your eye? We know what that means. We understand what that means. Children of God are precious to Him. Does He love the whole wide world? Absolutely. For God so loved the whole wide world that He sent His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shouldn't perish, but will have everlasting life, right? But being a child of God, he says right here in verse 4 of, of 1 Peter chapter 2, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed my men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones. Just like Jesus was precious, we are precious to God. Think about what 1 John 3, 1 says. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. <laughs> Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. What a blessing it is that we should be called children of God. Amen? He thinks a lot of it. He thinks a lot of his church. 
He thinks a lot of his people. Ephesians 5, 27, in the context talking about husbands, how they should treat their wives, he says that Jesus uh, might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. He wanted to make sure that his bride, the apple of his eye, right? Is your wife the apple of your eye, brethren? Sisters, is your husband the apple of your eye? I see Elizabeth agrees with that. (laughs) The church is the apple of the Lord's eye. It's precious to Him. It means something to Him. What an encouraging thing to know that we get to be a part of that. We're talking about God Almighty. We're not just talking about one of your buddies. We're not just talking about somebody that may be some type of musical or NBA or professional ball player. We're talking about the Almighty. It says that you personally are precious to me. As my child. What is precious to God? We've looked at three things. Our faith. The trying of our faith. And being children of God are all precious to God. But none of those things would be possible if it wasn't for something else special. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want to close with this. And I want to read into this one too. I want to start in verse 13. Now just, we about done. Just just give me this one, y'all. Just give me just a few verses. Hang with me right here and be encouraged by this. Verse 13. Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, Be holy, for I'm holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, for your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. Here it is but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The precious blood of Jesus saved us. Amen? It cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And it does something more than just cleanse us one time. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light, 
Here's your challenge for the week, brethren. Are you walking in the light? Because if you're walking in the light as he's in the light, then you have fellowship with one another. You have things in common. Because we're all striving to do God's will. We're all striving to have fellowship with the Lord. And because of that, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Not just one time. It is a continual action. It continually cleanses you from your sin. What a great thought to know that we are precious in God's eyes, isn't it? Remember that word. Think about that word. Have you said it in a while? Precious memories. You remember those little, I don't know what they were, those angel-looking things? They collected them. I don't know. You may collect them. I don't really know nothing about them. I didn't collect them, so... But I saw them. I probably broke one or two, probably. But <clears throat> it was at my grandma's house. But they were precious to her. They were so sweet to her. She loved them. God loves us. We're so precious to Him. Here's my question to you. Uh, maybe somebody is in, in the audience that is not a Christian. God wants you to be a part of His family. He wants to take that moment to say, you know what? I remember when you obeyed the gospel and what a blessing it was that you were added to my family. Maybe you're here and you're struggling. Maybe you've done some things over the past couple weeks or months that's been not good, not right, and they need to be dealt with. You can come forward and ask for prayers. You can ask to talk to the elders. You can ask to be hugged and loved on, whatever you need. Come right now. Don't wait. This is what we're here for. We're here to encourage and love and stir up good works, right? But maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. That means eternal life for somebody to live forever and ever and ever, and it only comes through Jesus. Galatians 3.27 says, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Why don't you put on Christ in baptism tonight and become a child of God? Whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.